0: Welcome in, ladies and gentlemen, to episode number 36 of Let's Go Racing with David Starr. Tyler Jones here with you. So glad to have you with us. Coming up on today's show, the NASCAR playoffs get started this weekend from Darlington. We'll preview it, plus get the latest on what's going on in David's world as he's balancing out racing in the Xfinity and Cup Series. Plus, we'll have our news and notes and our Ask David segment at the end of today's show, as always, Let's Go Racing is presented by a Whataburger. Don't forget that every Whataburger is made fresh, served hot and prepared just like you like it. Want jalapenos and cheese on that? No problem. They've got you covered. Waterburger proud to serve it hot and fresh 24 hours a day. David Starr joins us right now. David, we have a lot to discuss with the playoffs. Arguably the most exciting time of the year on the NASCAR schedule. But before we do that, we'd be remiss if we didn't mention uh, some of the stuff that's just going on in our country right now, if we didn't take time to remember the uh, 13 service men and women that uh, lost their lives in Afghanistan and, and then uh, what's going on in Louisiana with this uh, hurricane Ida that we know of one death at this point and, and uh, still find out some more information there. Just a, a tough time for a lot of folks. David, we're certainly thinking of them.
1: Yeah, no, no doubt about it, man. The men and women that, that, uh, Make up our armed forces in, in our greatest, great, in the greatest country in the world, the United States of America. I mean, just, you know, to, 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 you know, give that ultimate sacrifice, give your life to fight for our freedom. It's just, uh, you know, it's amazing, uh, amazing uh, that the men and women of our armed forces will, will lay down for our country, will fight for our country. And it's just, uh, you know, uh, you know, when you heard about us losing our, those men and women last week was just sad. You know, still kind of sad about it and uh, just sad to see everything that's going on over there in Afghanistan and uh, and for the Americans that are, that are still there and trying to get back to America. And just the, uh, you know, the awful hurricane that hit, uh, you know, south of New Orleans there, just feel bad for people, almost feel guilty you know, sitting here with you guys, um, you know, but uh, but man, it's just uh, you know, it's been a great weekend of uh, exciting racing and NASCAR. But you know, there's some sometimes there's just stuff a lot bigger than more important than that. You know what I mean? And you just mentioned two of them, Tyler. So, uh, but thank God for the men and women in our armed forces that that fight for our freedom and this great country we live in, and for us guys to be able to do our podcast, build race cars, or whatever it is that we love, you know what I mean? Just so thankful to be an American, makes you proud, you know, but I uh, just sad that, you know, we lost uh, uh, our, you know, those people last week. Still sad about it.
0: Yeah, certainly so. Dominic Argon of the
2: racingexperts.com
0: is here as well. Dom, how are we doing?
1: Hey, y'all are doing pretty
2: good. Just battling a little bit of allergies. So I, I probably look tired. I am a little tired and I'm battling allergies, but hey, nonetheless, Always a fun time filming the show with you guys and just kind of echoing and piggybacking what you guys are saying. Definitely my thoughts and prayers are with everybody, not only affected with everything going on in Afghanistan, but with everything going on in the Gulf Coast as well. Yes, certainly
0: so. We're thinking of everybody and and uh, our best goes out there to uh, those folks in uh, these circumstances. But guys, uh, what a busy weekend it was for David in Daytona. Let's start there. David... You gear up for that Xfinity race on Friday, and you don't really get much going before the rain came down. That hands you a very busy Saturday, and I think with both races, you were pretty satisfied with how Saturday went. Tell us about your weekend there in Daytona.
1: Man, What you know, you know I still pinch myself that I get to race at Daytona. You know, growing up as a kid, you know, you always read about the Daytona 500 and going to Daytona National Speedway and man I still I drive through the tunnel there man and I'm just I'm still just very thankful and blessed and sometimes overwhelmed that that I'm getting to do what we love to do you know but uh, what a great weekend Uh, you know Friday night came and uh, I got in my Beautiful looking Waterburger Toyota Supra. And man, that Waterburger car, I love it. It's awesome. You know, just looks fast. It's a cool look. And, and, uh, and, you know, speaking of Waterburger, man, uh, what a great day I had today. My wife's not listening, but I woke up this morning. I was hungry. I drove over to Waterburger and ordered me a number seven. I got a Waterburger Junior. Uh, then I backed it up at lunch today went back over to waterburger across the street from the Texas Motor Speedway and you know what well we've get we have eaten lunch several times ourselves and uh, ordered me a number one man so man I had a great day breakfast and lunch at waterburger but man you know when the race started uh, Friday night um, you know our waterburger Toyota Supra was going backwards quick and uh You know, a lot of times at Daytona, my strategy, you know, I got a strategy how I try to run our super speedway races over the years. And, you know, lots of times I just kind of, uh, you know, the lead group, I kind of slowed my car down a little bit, leaving about six or seven cars behind me. That way I can have a little bit of real estate in case the big one happens early on. I can try to navigate through it, you know, when you got a little bit of real estate separation. Uh, But man, I noticed, in the 20 or 19 laps that we ran, uh, my car was running on all eight cylinders, but it wasn't running right. And I looked down at my gauges and my gauges were going haywire, man. They were, they were, they were reading, they weren't they reading and uh, the engine was kind of, would have a hesitation to it. And I knew we had some kind of electrical problem going on and uh, was, was really talking back and forth with my crew uh discussing what we thought what the problem was and then uh uh trying to you know not lose the draft uh uh and then the rains came and it was kind of sad that the rains came but but it turned out to be a blessing for us because uh you know we did have an electrical problem and when they uh canceled the race Friday night and postponed it till uh 12.30 Saturday afternoon, man, it just worked out to our favor because we was able to come back in Saturday morning, all the teams were, and uh, open up the garages where we put our cars, we, we put our cars out of the weather there at Daytona in the garages. So Saturday morning, my crew came in and, and NASCAR let us uh, crank up the motors and warm up everything. And we couldn't crank up our, our, our engine. That was able to diagnose the problem we had a a short in the uh in the uh starter uh solenoid and uh and they figured it out so uh so we never cranked up our engine because we couldn't crank it up uh uh friday night when the race got rained out i come down pit road it was raining and uh i was coasting down pit road and right when i came to a complete stop one of my guys was at the car and i I said, hey, let me crank it up real quick. Let's just listen to the motor, you know. It wouldn't crank up. In fact, I had some sparks. It was was sparking from underneath the dash. And uh, so we was able to diagnose the problem Saturday morning. And uh, once the race started, you know, when you have a rain delay uh, and, and us drivers getting in the car Saturday afternoon, and they turned, uh, they turned the caution light back on, and we pull off pit road. You're going to have two or three pace laps before they start the race. Well, we ended up coming down pit road, and my team took the side window out. They jumped inside the race car, and they disconnected the starter, disconnected the power, uh, the, the power, uh, our power source to the starter, and a solenoid wire going to the starter. They disconnected it, taped it up, and man that thing ran great and we uh we it took us a little bit we was able to they dropped the green flag uh for the start the race and when they dropped the green flag I was just getting into turn one and I you know I don't know how we did it but we was able to stay on the lead lap and and I think a caution came I mean they wasn't that far behind me I was going to get lap and the caution came out We was able to regroup and line back up and man just Having that rain delay for us, really, we overcome some adversity there. So uh, it was pretty awesome.
0: So, how about the cup race? Tell us about that.
1: Well, man, I, I you know, I'm not really. I've been t- telling you a lot about what was going on. The cup race was awesome, but man, the Xfinity race was good. I, uh, you know, I, uh, you know, I just kind of hanging out in the middle of the pack. I didn't want to get up in the lead pack. I could have, but I just, uh, again, was just kind of holding back and uh, it came down to about 20 laps to go, and then they said 15 laps to go, and I remember radioing to my spotter and saying, hey, let's, it's time to go to work. What I meant by that, it's time to go to the front, you know, and, uh, you know, when you have a race that's 100 lap long at Talladega or Daytona, uh, you know, I hate r- wrecking on lap 10 or lap 30 or lap 40, so I, tr- I try to work it out where I'm going to be there at the end, and look, I'm going to charge at the end, if, if I end up wrecking with five, six laps to go, so be it, I gave up my team, I gave myself, gave my, our partners, our sponsors, Waterbird, we gave ourselves the shot to try to win a race, you know, and uh, man, we, we were charging to the front, and uh, man, I don't know what car it was, but coming out of the trial with about, nine laps to go. I had about seven, eight cars lined up behind me, the pushers that help you navigate the draft, and uh, I come off the trial oval I think there were nine laps to go, and, and there was a car down on the apron blowing up. Smoke was going everywhere. You could barely see uh, coming out of the trial, getting into turn one, and uh, I looked in my rearview mirror just real quick, and man I, I, a lot of the people behind me were getting off the gas and in, in fact some people in front of me were getting off the gas and i was able to navigate past them and i kind of took took my foot off the gas pedal cuz i knew there's no way they're going to they're going to throw a caution well they never threw a caution so i kind of lost that lead draft but i lost the people behind me because they really thought everybody thought they were going to throw a caution and, man, with, you know, I was able to catch up to the pack with about two laps to go. And, and man, I uh, I really thought we weren't even going to have a shot at the win. And I was able to suck back up to that lead pack with about two laps to go. And, man, I I, I was able to pass six or seven of them at the end and uh, finish 14th. But I was disappointed because I didn't have my dancing partners behind me pushing me. You know what I mean? So, I was frustrated with the way the race ended, but, you know, when you're frustrated with the 14th place finish, I guess that's a pretty good, pretty good night for you, you know, pretty good race for you, so what, it wasn't bad, we, we car, we finished the race, the car didn't have a scratch on it, and, uh, hey, we finished 14th, and, uh, but, man, I was, man, you, man, guys, I was, when you go to Talladega and Daytona, I have a shot at winning, and I wanted to, I was—I had a bigger aspirations for better than 14th place finish, so I can assure you of that, but we'll take it.
2: Oh, absolutely, and you just seem like you had a lot of fun, Dave. We talked on the show last week, we were joking that we could not wipe the smile from your face talking about getting to run that cup race in Daytona either, and I mean, was it all more than you could have ever hoped for getting to run Daytona, double duty, Xfinity, and Cup Series in the same weekend?
1: Man, it's always cool racing Daytona. All the years we raced there in the Truck Series and the Xfinity Series, but you know, I've never ran a Cup race at Daytona or National Speedway. You know, and that was my first one, believe it or not, after 24 years. You know, but man, that was exciting, and uh, you know, with a lot of a lot at stake. You know, we we talked about it last week for a long time, just you know, who's going to be in the top 16 for who's going to make the final 16 of the Chase, and uh, then NASCAR announced that they were putting a smaller restrictor plate on the cup car so there was a lot of unknowns you know what I mean and uh and hell I, it was unknown for me I never run a cup race there so so anyway man it, it was so much fun the energy and the people it was it was awesome you know and just all the all the people that was there I just God, it was so much fun but man you know uh they dropped the green flag and um uh, man our car was pretty awesome um uh, uh, I was drafting with five, six, seven cars back there and just trying to fill out the race car. And, man, I noticed coming off turn four and off turn two, I couldn't hold my race car down behind the car in front of me. And I'm talking about when you come off the corners at, you know, 190, whatever the speeds we were running, you know, my car would slide out about a a car width and a half. And, you know, then I'd suck back in, you know, to keep the people behind me. But I noticed as we ran and we ran, it kept getting worse and worse. And uh, I mean, it was getting really bad. And I was trying to figure out how to hold the car down. And I was holding it down so bad a couple of times it almost spun the car out. But unfortunately, I, uh, I couldn't hold the car down coming off the corners. And uh, the two or three people behind me were able to close that gap and kind of hung me out to dry. And I lost the lead draft. And I, and I ended up losing a lap. But we could tell that the front of the race car was too high. We were getting too much air underneath the front of the race car because we didn't have no practice, you know. But, man, once uh, uh, my crew chief, uh, uh, Johnny Bruton, man, he started adjusting on that thing. And, man, lowering that front of that car down. He took some rounds out of the back of the car. He lowered the front of the race car, but he also lowered the back of the car. And man, I'll tell you what, man, our car was pretty awesome. But unfortunately we really thought we were going to be able to get our lap back. Cause there was a lot of stuff going on, but you know, I never understood all the different circumstances. We never could get back on the lead lap. And, uh, but man, I had a great time, man. I was drafting and doing all I could do. And man, that, that was so much fun. But, uh, you know, there was, I was drafting with BJ McLeod, which we've had on our podcast. And, uh, Josh Balicki and some of the others, you know, they drafted him behind me for a long time in the race. And, uh, you know, those guys ended up ninth and 10th in the final, and you know, uh, the end results. And uh, I just, uh, you know, when I, uh, after the race I was talking to Carl, we were pretty frustrated because, man, if we could have just kept ourselves on that lead lap, you know, I really thought we would have had a really, really good finish. But, hey, man, anytime you're complaining about finishing 27th in a cup race, it, it wasn't too bad, you know, but man, God, what drama, man, I, it was, uh, the view I had was unbelievable, I mean, the sparks, uh, the wrecks, just unbelievable, I drove through two or three wrecks, and I just said, man, people said, man, heck of a job, I said, man, Jesus took the will on that deal, dude, because there's no way I, you know, I, I just got lucky, but man, God, what a, what a fun weekend, man. It was just unbelievable. We had a lot of fun, that's for sure.
0: Speaking of from your perspective, David, you got all these guys going for this last playoff spot and you're seeing it up close, up front and personal. How do you kind of stay out of the way of sorts? Do uh was your was your spotter telling you like, "Hey, this guy's going for a playoff spot or anything like that?" How do you manage not trying to screw something up for somebody else that's trying to, uh, you know, get in the playoff and work around all that with so many guys going for that one
1: spot. Man, Tyler, you brought up a good point there, you know, because, uh, man, I'm racing. I mean, I'm, I'm racing. I'm there to race. And, uh, you know, we get paid to race those cars and do the best we can do, you know, but, you know, uh, but, you know, there is a lot at stake and, and I'm not a full-time cup driver and I, I would never want, uh, myself, my team, our sponsors, to, to ever, uh, you know, be a reason why somebody didn't make the chase or, or took somebody's, you know, took somebody out that was trying to make the chase or getting the chase, so, you know, you're racing your tail off. It's just common sense, you know what I mean? I, I, I never, uh, there was never a point in the time in the race that I said, well, I need to be careful around these guys. You know what I mean? I mean, I had Kurt Busch bound back, back there with this Cal Larson. I mean, Logano. there was a bunch of them back there that fell back a little bit. Were running with us and I was running in that lead pack at times. And, you know, I, I raced back there with Austin Dillon a lot, you know, and, uh, but man, we're just racing our tails off. I mean, I'm, I'm doing what I know how to do. And, uh, as long as you do what we know how to do, it ain't no big deal. You know what I mean? So, uh, I wasn't making any drastic moves trying to trying to finish in the top 10 of a of a stage finish you know but just racing and uh you know me and my spotter we knew what we wanted to do we wanted to finish the race and you know we we had a good race car so we wanted to race and we did but uh but we you know we didn't come close to to taking any of the the top guys out that were that were trying to make the chase but they were definitely we run side by side with them for a while you know but uh but anyway, you can't worry about that kind of stuff, you know, but, but, you know, it's in the back of your mind, you know, you don't want to do anything stupid, and, uh, you know, we just do what you know how to do, it all works out, you know what I mean, but man, I wasn't the ones making crazy moves, but man, I seen, golly, you know, with, with the package and the restrictor plate, the cups cars are running, they slowed them down even more for this race, and it was really unknown how the cars were going to race, but man, I seen a, God, i seen a ton of blocking, uh, uh, you know, there was a lot of give and take, people trying to squeeze up in up into the outside lane when there was a car there, there wasn't really much of a hole, and, you know, the guy was coming up anyway, I saw a lot of give and take, and I saw a lot of people banging each other, you know, against each other, you know, hitting each other side by side on the straightaway, but man, I just knew, man, it was intense, it was, it was a great, it was, the intensity was unbelievable, but when those big wrecks happened, I wasn't surprised because of the way people were racing, man. It was nuts, you know. So, But there was a lot at stake. Y'all seen it. Oh, oh yeah. Absolutely. I mean,
0: one of the things I think about is Tyler Reddick. This was a guy that, you know, his car looked like it was just done, left for dead, and he finds a way to finish sixth and advance in the playoff. I mean, that was almost as impressive, David, as Ryan Blaney winning the whole race, I couldn't believe what Tyler Reddick did to stay alive and, and get that car to sixth six place finished advance to go ahead and make the playoff and, and, uh, and send, uh, Austin Dillon home like that. Now, one of the
2: you best performances of the year, I would say, Dave.
1: Yeah, what's interesting about that deal, Tyler Reddick, Tyler Reddick's car was tore up and, uh, we had uh, we had about five people drafting. I was leading leading the the I was leading our pack of five people, you know, and uh, and we Tyler Reddick was out there running by himself. His car was damaged, and uh, my my goal was to uh, we had we you know we got five cars running together. You got one car by himself, especially one that's tore up. You know, you just draft on by him, and I could see him. He was going left and right, left and right. You know, we were about, I don't know, 50 yards back, 40 yards back. And I could see him going left, right, left, right. And he was telling me, what he was telling me was help me, help me. You know what I mean? And the closer I got to him, you know, he was being sporadic with the car, left, right, left, right. And he and he was saying, hey, please help me. And my spotter said, hey, man, you, uh, you know, just, uh, you know, I had to trick him, go high and then go low. And, you, you know, y'all are going to blow by him, you know. And one of the coolest things I, uh, one of the things that I did was I could have blew right past him. And I went up behind him and bumped him. And we actually had a six, car, a six car draft. And I felt like that myself and the people that were drafting behind me that we helped Tyler Reddick. We helped him because we pushed him. Uh, we pushed him for a lot of laps right after end, and I felt like that helped him a whole lot because this car was uh, by himself. Man, he was going backwards, and, and we were we were making ground up on the field. And I felt like that that helped him from losing spots on the racetrack, you know. So I uh, I never heard, and I never talked to him after the race, but I, I really felt like he was going to come over and thank us. For what we did for him, you know what I mean. And I just thought, you know, it was the right thing to do. I mean, I knew he was fighting to to stay in the chase, and I could I could see what he was doing. He was saying, "Please help me, please help us." And you know, and if I was in that situation with a damaged race car, and I and I had a pack of four or five cars coming up on me, you know, I'd have been doing the same thing, going back and forth to say, "Hey, man, help me, help me." And it all worked out. I felt like that we helped him uh, make the playoffs.
0: That is uh, wild,
1: to say the least. You know, unbelievable, man. Yeah. Yeah.
0: Well, And then the the other story of it, too, with Ryan Blaney getting the win, back-to-back wins, I think we would all say, David, and Dominic, I bet you'd agree with this, too, Ryan Blaney hasn't had the best car the last two weeks. um, But yet here he is finding his way to victory circle, going in the playoff with some momentum, his third win. how about flipping on a switch? Ryan Blaney's looking really good right now. Oh,
2: he's looking excellent. I mean, this is his first multi-win season, and this is the first time in his career that he's won back-to-back Cup Series races. And we always make the joke that Ryan Blaney is what, like a Ricky Rudd of this generation, one win per year, and that's no longer the case. I think Ryan Blaney and that 12th team, Team Penske, Dave, have a lot of momentum entering these NASCAR playoffs.
0: Yeah, I mean, David – uh there's no reason to think that they can't win the championship. They're racing as well as anybody right now.
1: mean, you're talking about Roger Penske. Are we talking about Roger Penske? I mean, yes. you know what I'm saying? I mean, you can never count out Roger Penske. You know, Ryan Blaney. I mean, you just can't. You can't. Brad Keselowski, uh, Joey I Leg- Man, you just, that organization, even though they haven't really been the powerhouse of the season, man, they're all in the chase. And, man, you never know who's going to, you know, I don't know if you call it peaking, but timing is working out right for Roger Penske. You know, you see Brad Keselowski and Joey Logano and, you know, Ryan Blaney. Those guys are, I mean, they've got some strong cars here lately. You know what I mean? So. I mean, if any, if there's ever a time you want to have strong cars, it's going into the playoffs, you know, and I'm not surprised by Ryan Blaney's uh, performances. I mean, you just watch him week in and week out, man. He's got a fast car and, and, and Tyler, like you said, he didn't have the fastest car, but man, he's, he's doing what it takes to get the wins, you know, and I don't think he had the fastest car Saturday night, but he put himself in a situation and man, uh, and, and man now look at him I mean, two wins all that momentum and man let me tell you having all that momentum going into the, the last 10 races of the chase, I mean I'm, I think Ryan Blaney's you got to consider him as one of the one of the guys that was that's going to be challenging Kyle Larson. We know he's going to be the contender, the one to beat but man uh, you know you can't count out count out Ryan, uh, Ryan Blaney at all, no doubt.
0: Dominic, it feels like to me very similar to where Chase Elliott was at, at this point last year, where the Hendrick Bunch wasn't great for the regular season, but they started to find some momentum towards the end of the regular season and into end of the playoff, uh, and then Chase Elliott dominated down the stretch there. Do you think Ryan Blaney could go on a run maybe similar to what Chase did last year?
2: Oh, I think so. I mean, you can't really rule anything out, right? I mean, even take a look 10 years ago, right? Tony Stewart entered winless, but started picking up some momentum, won the opening race at Chicagoland, went on to win five out of the 10 races and won the tiebreaker over Carl Edwards in the playoffs. You really can't rule anything out like that. And especially with Ryan Blaney and Team Penske just really coming on with a lot of momentum the last few weeks. Ryan Blaney going to track where he's historically run okay at, but you got to feel that natural momentum is going to certainly help that team this Saturday, this Sunday night at Darlington.
0: Yeah. Speaking of Tony Stewart and the... Year that he had ten years ago of uh, entering the playoff without any wins and then winning five races to win the championship. Guys, if if there's a one driver right now that hasn't won yet or maybe only has one win that can get momentum and win this championship, I think it's Denny Hamlin. I think you know Denny still had a great regular season despite get, not getting to victory lane. David, I still give Denny a good chance to win this championship. I, I'm not worried that he hasn't won a race yet. We know he's capable of winning every week.
1: You can never count out Joe Gibbs' organization, you know. I mean, just just a, a solid, strong organization. Denny Hamlin, you can, never, you can never count him out, man. Just one of the best drivers out there that we watch week in and week out. And The team, the sponsors, just that organization. Denny Hamlin is going to be a threat. Uh, to win in the championship. And, 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 Tyler, you're right, man. It wouldn't surprise me at all to see Danny Hamlin, the of one of the last four standing going into uh, the last race of the, of the, of the, uh, championship in Phoenix, you know, and, uh, I mean, Danny's just, he's a strong contender. And, you know, we're talking about Ryan Blaney as well. Danny's performances the last four or five races and, they're kind of hitting their stride right here when when you need to be hitting your stride you know so uh man it's just uh it's going to be just like t- uh Daytona you know that there was so much anticipation so much excitement and unknowns going into Daytona man it's the uh, these next 10 races man is going to be exciting for our sport and I love this playoff system it's just uh You know, it's just a lot of unknowns, but, man, everybody's curious and excited to watch these races and see who keeps advancing forward, you know.
0: So here's a stat for you, guys. Kyle Larson, regular season champion. He's won five races, right? Um, Here's the last four regular season champions and how they resulted. Kevin Harvick last year won nine races total uh, and ended up fifth. Didn't make the final four. Kyle Busch in 2019, the regular season champion, finished first. 2018, Kyle Busch, regular season champion, made the Final Four but finished fourth. And then 2017, Martin Trix Jr. dominated all year, regular season champion. He won the championship. Kyle Larson, how are we feeling about Kyle at this point? It feels like that there has not been... Any drop off of some sorts. I know that they haven't won in a couple weeks, but um,
1: there's the, the five team. David is still the overwhelming favorites, right? Man, he he has to be. You know what uh, what what Kyle Larson has done in 2021, and what Hendricks has done. I mean, man, that organization is so strong, and uh, man, you can never count Hendricks. Motorsports out of anything, but what what Cal Larson, the performance he's put on, the shows he's put on to the, the whole racing world, and what he's done is is just unbelievable, you know. And uh and you know, you guys, we we all have to agree that Cal Larson is definitely the favorite going into starting the last ten races of the championship to crown the champion. He's he's a favorite. There's no doubt about it, and. Uh, it's going to take somebody special to knock him off that throne, I believe, but I think he's he's the guy everybody's he's the guy everybody's shooting to beat, you know what I mean because I think he's the one that, that's, that's, you know when I think he's going to be the last man standing to be honest with you
0: Dominic of these ten races, how do they fare for Kyle Larson historically speaking
2: well, we've seen Kyle Larson. Do well throughout the playoffs. Right, I mean, there's two tracks that are not even a part of the playoffs anymore where he has run historically well. Right, like Dover and Homestead, and those aren't even a part of the ten race schedule this time around. But you look at some of these races, right? Some of the super speedway races, Larson's been up front, hasn't run well and finished well. I should say, and we only have one of those races, right? Talladega. We have the Roval with one road course. You have a lot of intermediate tracks, and it seems like. Kyle Larson, especially early in his career, when we knew he didn't have the best equipment. I mean, Chip Ganassi racing is still top-tier equipment, but not the level of Hendrick Motorsports. Yet he would still lead a lot of laps at a place like Kansas or the old Charlotte track. And I I don't know. You look at how Kyle Larson has run throughout the regular season. You said it best, Tyler. Kyle Larson has not dropped off, and he's still continuing to lead laps. He's still running in the top 10. I mean, we're calling an off week for Kyle Larson a 10th-place finish or a 12th place finish. I mean, that team is sitting really well. Hendrick Motorsports as a whole. I mean, we joke, oh yeah, the the entire Hendrick organization could make the Final Four. But I think realistically, there is a shot. You're going to have a couple of those guys duking it out for the championship out in Phoenix. And we have to, we think Kyle Larson's got to be one of them, right? He's got that 20-point cushion as the points leader. And as those points continue to reset and as he advances, he's going to still have a pretty good advantage as long as he continues to either hold serve or even expand on that by leading more stages and winning more races.
0: Well, and uh, I would think, guys, there's a good chance Kyle wins in each different stage of the playoff, each round. I think that you could realistically see Kyle winning one out of three races in each round and not even worrying about the points to advance to uh, that final. Of those 16 that made the playoff, David, who do you think is the biggest threat to the Larson in the five team?
1: You know man it's it's hard to make that they're all strong you know what I mean we didn't even we didn't mention Kyle Bush you know I mean I mean you know that guy's a, a, a I mean he's just a warrior you know what I mean and, and uh, god like Mark Truex juniors kind of faded a little bit but you know I mean it's gonna be interesting to see you know when the you know early on in the play not in the playoffs these last 10 races you know we're going to figure out real quick who's going to come to the forefront, you know, and uh, I can't really tell I, I guess I'm sitting here talking, but I can't answer that question. You know what I mean? Cause there's uh, I mean, we just talked about the Penske cars. I mean, they're looking good, but you know, but you talked about Denny Hammond and the Gibbs cars. They're looking great. I mean, it's just uh man. It's just, it's hard to say. I mean, look at Chase Elliott, you know, I mean, you can't ever count up Chase Elliott, you know what I mean? And, and uh, man, those Hendrick cars. So, Man, I I I I can't answer that question. I don't know. I just you know I, I'm excited to see uh, you know who's going to challenge Kyle Larson, and I believe he's going to have a lot of challenges. You know what I mean? It's going to be you know who's hitting their stride now. You know, and and right now with like we talked about Ryan Blaney winning two races back to back. I mean, right now you got to think that Ryan Blaney's kind of one of those guys that we really didn't really talk about much, but Surprisingly, or not surprisingly, he's the guy right now. For in my mind, that's going to challenge Kyle Larson for the championship. You know. So.
0: Okay, so yeah. you did end up answering it after you said yeah, you wanted to. Okay, <laughs> Ryan Blaney is your answer. Dominic, give me a name. You can say Blaney too if you want. Who's the biggest threat to Larson's crown?
2: Yeah, I got to say, I think naturally right now, especially as we look at this first round, right? You got Darlington, Richmond, and Bristol, right? Trio of shorter tracks, especially Richmond and Bristol. I don't know if Blaney would be the strongest. We know Richmond's historically been his worst Cup Series track, but outside of that, you got to figure he's going to advance out of the round of 16 unless some catastrophic things happen. You got to think Blaney, even Joy Logano, right? His only win this year came on the Bristol dirt track, but Joy Logano is so formidable, always in the top 10. Brad Keslowski as well. I think a Team Penske guy is going to be somebody who could get up there and try to battle with Larson a lot more. And I mean, like you said earlier too, David, with the Joe Gibbs racing camp, you can't count those guys out. I mean, Denny Hamlin opened the year with nine straight top five finishes. That's unheard of. And you got to feel like there's got to be some momentum coming back with the Gibbs organization. And I don't know. I feel like it's going to be a Gibbs or a Penske team that's going to have the best chance here at derailing a Hendrick Motorsports championship run. Oh, get, give me one name, Dom. Give me one. Oh, I got to get, okay. Let's go Ryan Blaney.
0: Okay, so you two are going to go with Blaney. I think that's Who a good choice. You going with choice. Tyler? It, it, just to be different. Um, okay. You know what? I, I really don't want to rule out Denny Hamlin. I know that he hasn't won this year, but it's not because he can't or a lack of trying of some sort. I think Denny could walk into this playoff and win four or five races and catch some momentum. They're not running bad. They're running up front every week. They're winning stages. Um, if we're talking about a real threat to take down Kyle Larson, I think it's going to take quite the valiant effort. I don't think it's going to take a, you know, her, 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 you know, a, a hero's effort of some sorts. I mean, like think about last year, Chase Elliott, in order to take down Hamlin and Harvick had to just come alive. Right. I mean, he was the best team at the end of the year last year. Um, you're not going to just steal this championship. Coincidentally, you're going to have to be better for several races. And I think if anyone can flip that switch, I think it's that 11 team of uh Denny Hamlin, David.
1: Man, Tyler, I, I, I mean, you can't really argue against that. You know what I mean? I think, that <laughs> I think you're, you know, you can't ever argue against the Gibbs organization or Denny Hamlin, you know, it's a championship caliber team right there. And, uh, and, uh, you know, and, and I'm excited to, to see how it all plays out. You know what I mean? We're all going to be, you know, not surprised or surprised, but it's going to be an exciting uh, last 10 races, that's for sure.
0: Yeah. Let's uh, let's give our final four picks. Who makes the uh, the final four of
2: the play? <laughs> Dom, we'll start with you. Oh, man, you're going to put me on the spot. Like that. Okay. Let's see how right or wrong I am when we circle back to this in about 10. I'm going to write these down, too. You're going to write these down? Okay, no pressure. That's I'm going to circle crazy. back on this. Okay. Shout out Jen Okay. Kyle Larson. <laughs> Kyle Larson. <laughs> Ryan Blaney. Okay. Chase Elliott. Oh, boy. And Kyle Bush. Okay. Those are and your picks, champion is? Chase Elliott goes back to back. Ooh. Okay.
0: All right, David, give me your final four and your champion. <laughs> Arson
1: Blaney. Uh, uh hamlin uh, uh uh bush and uh That's larson four. larson champion
2: okay well and tyler before you really say your picks i got to put you on the spot here just kind of flip this back on you before we came on air talking on the show tonight you were saying you really liked how the 34's chances of advancing the playoffs <laughs> were good. Where does he fall in your prediction?
0: Uh, I hope just for entertainment purposes and because Michael's a good guy, that Michael McDowell can win the championship and make the Final Four. But that's not realistic. Um, <laughs> uh, I think Michael's going to end up being eliminated of the first round. But we'll be rooting on Michael McDowell. He's a great guy.
1: You know, he's had uh, a career here. He's um, a great, great guy, great race car driver. And, I, and you know, and, and man, I've really, really been some, uh, uh, pleasantly surprised on how good they've been running here lately, mm-hmm. man. A very competitive team. And Michael's done a heck of a job. And, uh, man, I love to see Michael make, man, would Would that be cool? Would that be a great Cinderella story for our sport? If Michael McDowell can make it to the final four, that'd be that would be amazing. we will have a
0: shot at Talladega and the Charlotte Roval. Those two, oh, those God. two tracks right there, we know he can run up front. Um, and then we'll just see. You know, I mean, uh, they've had you know twenty six weeks now to sell sponsorship for these playoffs too. You would think that they've probably got some more money maybe raised for these races than maybe the others. So who knows? We know Michael's uh, a talented race car driver. We're going to be rooting him on, though. oh well,
1: um, nice,
2: Ballard, I think the banks call that out, too. I mean, you look at the first three races, right? Three different kinds of tracks, super speedway, road course, and intermediate. And he knocked off top tens at all of them. He's run top 20 solidly throughout the first 26 races of the year. Who's not to say McDowell runs consistent like he did? in that first round of 16 and other guys have misfortune McDowell's quietly finishing 12th to 16th every week and he advances to the round of 12 and then like you said Tyler that opens it up at the Roval that opens it up at Talladega there's some opportunity so my
0: final four I got Kyle Larson Ryan Blaney I had to take Denny Hamlin as much as I'm talking <laughs> about him and then I'm gonna go chase Elliott uh to make it I went back and forth between Elliott's and William Byron. William Byron has had a sneaky good season. Oh, yeah. Um, Sure, he hasn't gotten the wins, but he's been running up front every week. I believe in pure points, he's third. He's had a heck of a year. Um, But I think that Elliott's more of a closer. This is more of his time. I like him to get there, and I'll go Larson, my champion. Um, And uh, staying in the Hendrick camp, one more sleeper for you guys. Why is no one giving Alex Bowman any credit? uh you know everyone in the mainstream media seems to have forgotten about Alex Bowman this guy won three races this year he's run well everywhere um I know that he hasn't been Kyle Larson but he's been better than Chase Elliott um I wouldn't sleep on Alex Bowman I think he could maybe do some damage and there's some tracks ahead Dominic that are really good for
2: Alex Bowman here including uh Richmond yeah exactly he won the Richmond race out in May and we know he's a very great short track racer and you look at the ticker any given week, right? And it seems like Bowman maybe isn't talked about a lot because he's the fourth running Hendrick car, but he's running in the top 10. I mean, to be the quote-unquote worst Hendrick driver and you're still running in the top 10 and top five consistently, he's going to piece together really a very well playoff run here, I think. And you're right, Tyler. I think a lot of people do sleep on him.
0: Yeah. Uh, so there you have it. Those are our playoff picks uh, for the NASCAR playoffs to get started this weekend at uh, Darlington. Real quick on Darlington, David, the, the lady in black, uh, the Darlington stripe, so much history there. We've seen some great racing as of late too. What are you expecting out of Darlington to open
1: up these playoffs? Man, you said it, the lady in black. Man, it's uh, it's uh, you know it's it's, it's always exciting, uh, always exciting, and uh, it's always a great race, but tough, tough racetrack, tough racetrack, always has been. And there's a new element there. They've actually repaid the racetrack starting in the middle of turns one and two and and coming off turn two. I mean, it's very, very treacherous coming off. I mean, man, when you go into turn one, I mean, you're almost wide open. You get out of the gas, you go back to it, you climb the hill, you're up against the wall. The last minute you turn off the wall. And man, when you turn off the wall, That thing better be set up right, man, because it's very bumpy over there. I mean, it's such a challenging racetrack. And I I guess over the years, the racetrack deterioration of the weather has deteriorated turns two so bad. And it was really rough the last time we raced there earlier this year uh, that they decided to go ahead and repave turns you know, I think the middle of turns one and two to the exit of turn two, you know. So I think new pavement there uh, is going to act- actually add another element of un- unknown because, you know, new pavement, we don't know if it's got grip or no grip. And, uh, man, it's, it's going to be an exciting race like it always is. But we're adding another another unknown to Darlington. But it's still going to be the lady in black, man. It's going to reach out, reach out and bite you. Just, you know, it's, you almost got to just race the racetrack and sometimes you start racing other competitors and the racetrack will reach out and bite you, you know what I mean? It's just, uh, it's a tough old racetrack and uh, it's going to be exciting, man. And I know the fans there in that part of the country, man, they, they love their NASCAR. So, uh, man, it's going to be a great, great, great weekend of racing again.
0: And Dominic, uh, you know, a couple of weeks ago, we were at an inter- intermediate track in Michigan, which everybody said raced like a super speedway. Now we go to an intermediate track in Darlington that races the opposite, more like a short track. I
2: would say so, right? Because, I mean, and David can certainly give more insight on this too. But, I mean, the two corners are completely different, right? Turns one and two, I believe you can hold it a little more wide open. Turns three and four, you got to really break it down, especially if you're in a cup car, right, with more horsepower, but, yeah, the 1.33-mile track that is Darlington, South Carolina. I got to say, D- Tyler, I don't know if you've ever been there, but it's an amazing facility. I hope you get the chance to go if you've never been.
0: Yeah, I've never been. I'd love to see it. Uh, but should be a lot of fun Sunday on a Labor Day weekend from uh, Darlington. Guys, let's uh, go ahead and uh, get to our news and notes segment. But before we do – just a reminder that the folks at Waterburger cook up 100% pure beef burgers 24 hours a day. You can get your burger fixed anytime, day or night at Waterburger. Proud to serve hot and fresh, 24 hours a day, baby. Uh, let's go ahead, and uh, Dominic, news and notes time. Big news for Kurt Bush. The uh, worst-kept secret is out.
2: The worst-kept secret. Well, yeah, that is one of the worst-kept secrets, right? What which are we talking about? The Kurt's going to 23-11 racing or the fact that the numbers are moving forward? <laughs> you go a couple of ways with that, right? <laughs> One of them pisses off people more than the other. <laughs> exactly. Right. Depending on who you ask, right? But on Friday, <laughs> August 27th, 2311 Racing announced that Kurt Busch will join the organization in 2022 and expand to a two car Cup Series organization. Kurt Busch, the 2004 NASCAR Series champion, will be joined with Bubba Wallace in his second year with the team. He is partnering up with Danny Hamlin. And Michael Jordan at the team, Monster Energy, is expected on partnership there. And as well as the numbers moving about 18 inches forward more along, not on the door side, but more towards the front of the car.
0: David, what's your reaction to uh, Kurt Busch joining 2311? Let's start there.
1: Man, you know, there. uh, you said Michael Jordan, Denny Hamlin. You know, I can assure you, when Michael Jordan made the decision to be a team owner in NASCAR, uh, he wasn't playing. He wanted to win. They have, uh, you know, they got an alliance with Joe Gibbs Racing. Uh, they have the best equipment money can buy, best engines, best engineering. Uh, they have the best of all of it. Uh, any driver's dream would be to drive for that team. And uh, you know, Kurt Busch, a proven champion, a proven winner, and man, they they have big plans. For uh, Kurt Busch and Michael Jordan, Denny Hamlin, man, they they're 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 going to come out. They want to win races. They're going to be a championship contender, and uh, man, I'm I'm excited about that organization. You know, because uh, I mean, I know they're they're new in the sport, but man, I, I think we're going to see a lots lots of uh, good things happening there for for 2022. And uh, man, you know, you mentioned something that I thought was kind of interesting. Moving the number forward on the sides of the race cars, you know, I mean, we've been doing this, guys, for a long time in racing cars, and the number always was always centered of of the of the passenger side door and the driver's side door. To have that number moved forward is a little bit foreign to me because I mean, ever since I was a little boy, the numbers always went on the side of the doors. You know what I mean? So. A lot of big changes in our sport for 2022, and Tyler, you just mentioned one of them—the the number moving forward. You know, so it's going to be a lot different. Be a take a while to get used to, but uh, you know, if we can, we we can showcase our showcase our sponsors more, give them more space on the race car, and make their names bigger. And I'm all about that, man, because uh, everybody knows, and you guys know, especially. If we, we don't have great partners, we can't we there's no racing. So uh, I guess there's a good thing they're moving the number forward.
0: Yeah, I mean it looks unnatural, um, but I'm sure it'll just take time for all of us to adapt. Uh, but on the side of twenty three eleven, Dominic, this is a team, it's no secret. They haven't had the success that they were hoping for in 2021. And now you bring in a guy in Kurt Busch who's won with every manufacturer. I know it's been a while since he's really been a contender for a championship, but for a team that's trying to build for its future and trying to win races and and, and you know get in a veteran that knows this sport and such, I don't think they could have found a better guy for this situation than Kurt Busch.
2: Well, I think you're absolutely right. And just look at the resume of Kurt Busch over the last years, right? Let's go back to 2011, right? He loses that right at 10, Team Penske, goes on to Phoenix Racing in 2012, Takes that car. that was running 30th every week. Made it about a 15th to 20th place race car. He goes on to Furniture Racing in 2013, right? A team that had gotten the win at Darlington with Regan Smith. But Kurt Busch takes him to the playoffs for the first time. Double-digit top fives. Won a couple of polls. Didn't win a race. But then goes on to Stuart Haas Racing in 2014. The addition of him and Kevin Harvick just elevating Stuart Haas Racing as a whole. Continues with that organization. And then the, the most recent stop at Chip Ganassi Racing, right? Jamie McMurray, a talented race car driver, but wasn't running top 10 every week, how, how Kurt Busch is. I think Kurt Busch is just this known guy, right? You go to teams and you build them and you make them a little bit better. We're going to see 23-11 racing, in my opinion, maybe improve overnight. I think we're going to see that team go from finishing 15th and 20th every week to seeing, okay, Kurt Busch is in here now. We've got a two-car organization. Kurt's going to be running up front. I would not be surprised. He'll make the playoffs next year, and he'll probably win a race as well. Yeah.
0: Yeah, I mean, he's a Hall of Famer for a reason. And, uh, yeah. you know, this is also an interesting note, David. This is about the closest that he and his brother have ever been to teammates, too.
1: <laughs> yeah, that, that's true. You know, I know they're brothers, but uh, but it is. You brought up a good point, Tyler. I mean, you know, we know that uh, 2311s having their race cars, you know, they're built by Joe Gibbs Racing and the last they have with Joe Gibbs. I mean, it is the closest that Kurt and Kyle are ever going to be. You know, I think in their racing career as teammates, you know what I mean? They'll be working together, that's for sure. But I can assure you on the racetrack uh, that they don't cut each other any slack. Man, those guys, uh, they're, they're tough, competitive warriors on the racetrack, you know. But, uh, but man, two very, very talented uh, Hall of Famers right there. And, uh, and I think you said it best. I believe we're going to see the 23-11 team elevated big time, for 2022, I think I think like Dominic said, they're going to be a championship contender. I believe right away, just getting Kurt Busch because his his capabilities and, and just one heck of a race car driver. And and uh, you know that Michael Jordan, you know, uh, I mean, the world's largest, most recognizable athlete in the world. I mean, he's all about winning. And man, I I know you know with these last ten races as Bubba Wallace doesn't get a win. You know, that's that's not going to set well with Michael Jordan. When you got all the sponsors you could ever want and all the money in the world and Joe Gibbs racing aligned with, I mean, that's a, that's a team that uh, I know it's a new team and they're building for the future. But, you know, I can assure you, I don't know Michael Jordan. I haven't talked to him. I've seen him at the racetrack. But, you know, he's a winner, and he'll tell you he's a winner, and he wants to win now. You know what I mean? And I think the best chance for them to do that will be in 2022 with Kurt Busch.
2: Yeah, I think you're right. Uh, Dominic, what else we got going? Well, as some other team news that we got going on. Brad Doherty, co-owner of JTG Doherty Racing, announced on an NBC Zoom call August 31st that JTG Doherty will be returning to a one-car full-time organization starting in 2022. As we know, the 37 team ran as an open team this year. Ryan Priest running 26th in points as of Daytona. But Ricky Stenhouse Jr. has been the staple driver at the 47 team now for the last two seasons. And it is expected that JTG Doherty might make an announcement later on in the season, but no word yet on who could be driving their car for next season.
0: David, uh, what's your reaction to that? Uh, JTG has had some success over the years, but maybe not what they would have liked, uh, comparably speaking, to a few years back. Uh, what would what, what say you as far as focusing in on one operation? This might not be a bad thing for those guys.
1: You know, you just got to, you know, you got to look at your resources and, and uh, you know, your financial, uh, you know, your, the financial side of your organization, you know, and uh, sometimes it's cheaper to run two cars, you know. But, you know, I was surprised when I heard the news about, the, you know, Doherty going down to one car. And, you know, and I don't know much about this charter system, but, you know, you don't know if they own both charters or one's leased, Uh, you know, there's a lot of uh, uh, rules and uh, regulations on these charters that I'm not familiar with. And there might be a, a stipulation in there that, you know, has something to do with the charter where they don't have a choice, even though they might have both cars fully funded in 2022, but without a charter uh, two charters, I, I, I don't know, you know what I mean? But very surprised that they're going to go down to one car operation because, you know, for you guys know as well as I do that having a two or three car team is is what the future is all about, you know what I mean? And uh, especially with a new car coming in in 2022, uh, learning, uh, you know, just having the, the resources and the data From this new car, you think that the teams that have had multiple cars in an organization are really going to benefit from the knowledge learned at each race. You know what I mean? So I'm kind of surprised, really surprised to see an organization like this go down to one car. And, and, you know, I don't, and it's all speculation, but why? Why why is that? You know what I mean? Well, and
0: and I'll, I'll add this in too, David. Uh, This sport is such an arms race, right? Um, You know, for the last several years, we've talked about Hendrick, JGR, Stuart Haas, and Penske being the elite teams, just dominating things. And then the next tier, your RCRs, Roush, Wood Brothers. Well, now you got, you know, 2311, Trackhouse, Colleague. I mean, you know, Spire has been decent this year. We know they got a good driver in Corey LaJoy. JTG, um, they're looking now, they have a new challenge of just trying to keep up with all those teams. It was kind of just, you know, the top four and then everyone else. Now you're, you're talking about fighting different tiers of the sport that weren't there before now.
1: Man, you brought up a good point, you know. And, uh, I mean, just, uh, you know, there's a lot of a lot of changing going on just right in front of us, you know. But man, you, the teams you just mentioned, you know, the new teams coming into NASCAR, I mean, they're stout teams with with a lot of funding behind them, a lot of great sponsorships, the manufacturing, and uh, you know, there's there's you know, we can speculate all day long. I'm just curious, you know, just it's just it's it's intri- intriguing to me and interesting, you know. What I mean, you just don't really see teams going from a two-car operation down to one you know what I mean I, I can't remember the last time it's been a while since we've seen that you know what I mean uh, you would think that a, two, a, a two-car organization two-car operation would as is, is uh you know what, what it takes to really be to to have the resources and to learn the new cars and I don't know man I'm, I'm kind of puzzled by it to be honest with you you know so but uh but you did bring up a good point Tyler I mean there's a lot of you know, you talked about those three new teams coming in, and man, those those teams. I mean, they're they're no slouches. You know, they're it, hungry. It, uh, big time, man, big time. So they're not here to mess
0: around. You know, yeah, absolutely. Uh, before we get to our Ask David segment, uh, stop by Waterburger for a hot hearty breakfast any morning or late at night. They're serving up breakfast from 11 p.m. to 11 a.m. Proud to serve it hot and fresh, 24 hours a day. burger. Let's go ahead and get to the questions. <laughs> First one comes from Johnny. Johnny writes to David. Hi, David. Have you ever met Jerry
1: Jones? (laughs) I have met Jerry Jones, you know, uh, you know, uh, man, just uh, living in Dallas, Texas and being from from Houston, Texas. I mean, you can't help. But, you know, obviously, we all know who the famous Jerry Jones is. But, you know, uh, you know, the, the truth of the matter is going back, uh, going back 2002, 2003, I had the, uh, I had the, uh, I was, it was an honor to be uh, considered uh, to be one of Jerry Jones's drivers, you know, uh, back in 2002, three. I don't remember what, exactly what year it was, but Jerry Jones and the Cowboy organization were very interested and becoming a uh, having their own NASCAR team and, and you know, and, and having a meeting with Jerry and his staff and, and some others involved in NASCAR, you know, uh, Ricky Rudd was going to be the other driver, uh, didn't, didn't end up working out like it, it was planned. And Jerry never ended up coming into NASCAR, but to be part of that process and be considered to be their bus driver at the time, Xfinity driver was really cool, unique, and uh, just, you know, just stuff you can't really understand why it's happening to you, but it's, it's, he's a great guy, and I see him out in public here and there, Uh, and uh, last time I saw him out in public, he, he insisted that me and my wife join him, and his wife, and some other people uh, to account, to uh, go to a party with him, so, you know, it's kind of cool, uh, to have uh, known Jerry and been in some meetings with him. And then, and then when he sees me in public to, you know, want me to come hang out with him. But, you know, I, I mean, it's just uh, he's, uh, he's done well for, uh, for the Dallas Cowboy organization. And, uh, yeah, but to answer your question, yes, I do know Jerry Jones.
0: <laughs> <laughs> well, and, and uh, for folks that don't know you, know, David, you live in Frisco, just down the road from the Star Facility <laughs> And you're running to some of those
1: cowboy guys all the time, right? I mean, they kind of hang out in that community. Well, you know, we see them throughout the community. I live, you know, two minutes from the Star, of their corporate offices, which is unbelievable that they're complex and uh, what Jerry has built there. Uh, But, you know, over the years, uh, my uncle Mike owns our Team Texas High Performance NASCAR Racing School at the Texas Motor Speedway. And we've had several of the cowboys join us. Uh, over the years to come drive a race car you know which has been kind of cool you know and uh, but man boy uh, I'm a big cowboy I'm a big NFL fan and uh, and having the Cowboys right here right beside us and uh, living in Dallas now it's been kind of cool to 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 cheer for America's team and uh, just wish one of these years that they would even get remotely close to making it to a Super Bowl.
0: (laughs) (laughs) Indeed, indeed. Got another question uh, from the inbox. This one comes from Rick. David, we hear you talk about the driving school. Who are some of the notable names that people might know that
1: have been in your driving school? Well, you know, you know, when you talk about NASCAR racing school, I can, you know, we're not really people, you know, you think of a racing school, you think that drivers would come through the racing school to get more experience and then move on and be really big names in our industry. But, you know, our NASCAR, our NASCAR racing school that we have at the Texas motor speedway is kind of like skydiving. It's an experience, you know what I mean? And, And our sport, Is grown tremendously over the years and there we have so many viewers and so many people that love and very passionate about nascar racing when they find out that you can go get in a race car and drive it at 160 miles an hour at the texas motor speedway uh and and oh by the way you're you're one of uh 10 cars out there and you're actually can pass the slower car if you catch them or, or somebody's passing you uh, you know, it's just kind of an experience and it's a cool experience that people from all over the United States come to Dallas, Texas to come to our racing school and drive our race cars, you know, and, and we're open to, uh, uh, we're open to the public, um, uh, once a month and, uh, we do a lot of corporate events, a lot of companies in America, not only just in Texas here, but a lot of companies will bring their customers, and bring their their their, uh, their uh, employees and kind of reward them. A lot of a lot of companies will do incentive programs. Somebody has the most sales, or somebody does this, or somebody does that, and the reward is you get to come to the Texas Motor Speedway and drive a NASCAR race car. So, man, it's uh, it's not so much you know what guys in NASCAR have come through your racing school because you know I would say uh, none of them but but having a nascar racing school with real NASCAR race cars with a real racing, nascar racing engine has just been incredible and my uncle mike's that built this and who has had this forever has just done a tremendous job and you know and, and it's something i'm proud of and and so i'm just proud of what he has built and and the type of racing school we have it's so cool uh Tony Stewart, you know, Tony Stewart's been using our racing school for 20 years. He loves our race cars. He loves to come drive them. Uh, you know, it's just been cool to have all the different people that have come through our racing school. Uh, celebrity type people, NFL players, Major League Baseball players, just all the different people. So who and, might be uh, the
0: celebrities that come to mind then or something? Well, there,
1: <laughs> There's been a lot of them, you know, country singers and, and pop singers and, you know, just so many different people, you know, and, uh, you know, that have that been through, uh, that have stopped in and, and driven our race cars, you know. So uh, it's been, been, been a really cool, neat experience over the years, and, and I'm just proud of what my Uncle Mike has built. Who is somebody
0: maybe uh, that you'd like to see get in a race car? Like, <laughs> I don't know why, but for some reason, I'd love to see Garth Brooks in one of your race cars. I think that'd be funny. That'd be cool. Well,
1: Well, man, no, no, no doubt about it. You know, Garth Brooks or, you know, any of them, you know what I mean? Uh, you know, uh, it's, you know, it's, it's just anytime you got celebrities to come, you know, one, one thing you're not so much stuck on the celebrity that's, that's there, but I love it that people, superstars of other industries want to come drive a race car, you know, and they're paying attention to NASCAR racing, you know, and, and, that's the cool thing about it. You know, I like to see the fans drive our race cars and, and to see, uh, you know, what I love and what I made a living doing for, for, you know, my whole life and to have them, you know, loving it. Like I love it, you know what I mean? And, and the fans that come and drive a race car and always love to hear their perspective, you know, it changes their perspective on, you know, they always say, man, I, I didn't even know what turn I was in. And how do you do that for, 500, 400 miles, and and he said, man, you know, it's not as it's not as easy as it looks, but I love the people when they get to experience what we get to do week in and week out. It's really a great experience, and I love
0: yeah. it. Yeah, we won't let Dominic touch the race car. He, he'd put this thing <laughs> in the wall, you know, but uh, <laughs> we'll, we'll let that slip by.
1: Uh, Absolutely. With,
0: with that being said, guys, uh, we got to run. Uh, what a fun show today. I know we didn't have a guest on this week, but we had plenty to discuss as the NASCAR playoffs get started – this weekend as always subscribe to let's go racing with David star new episodes out each and every Wednesday part of the studio soapbox network on Apple Spotify, Google podcasts and YouTube leave us a five star review or don't leave us one at all hit that like button as well and uh, follow us on Twitter uh, at star facebook.com uh, forward slash David star podcast. And by email, David Starr podcast at gmail.com. Uh, before we go, Dominic, what's going on this week of the Racing Experts?
2: Well, we're just going to continue to cover the sport. Always a shout-out to Jonathan Field. He's God, really been stepping up for us since the beginning, but especially this year with his coverage, helping us make sure we're staying on status and relevant in the sport. So, Jonathan, I know you're watching, you listen every week, so we appreciate you. And, yeah, I'll just continue covering the sport. We'll have our Kyle Stevens out there shooting photos for us. Should be a great race weekend.
0: David, what's uh, the next few days look like for you leading up to
1: Darlington? Man, it's been a it's it's, a, it's been a crazy week so far, and it's only Tuesday. You know, today I uh, I woke up, went to Waterburger this morning, and uh, had me a Waterburger Junior, and then uh, came back, worked a little bit in my office, had to hurry and get over to the Texas Motor Speedway, uh, one of our uh, sponsors, Connectus. Uh, we had a big long interview today, and then. Uh, uh, Made it back home just in time to go watch my son, DJ. He played his first football game today, scored two touchdowns tonight. That was really cool. Uh, tomorrow, catching up on uh, trying to finalize some, some sponsors for, for future races uh, tomorrow. Got a couple meetings there, but uh, looking forward to, to uh, getting to uh, Darlington. We'll be leaving Friday morning from Dallas, headed to Darlington to race there uh, Saturday afternoon but man you know I i like I'd like to like to circle back a little bit before we get off the air this evening and talk about just the sponsors we had this weekend without Waterburger, man I couldn't I couldn't race in the Xfinity series and not only Waterburger, uh, Striping Technologies, Stevie Lumber Company, T-Top Manufacturing, my, my, my great friend Mark Tate and a uh, hell of a ranch Bo Carpenter and, and just uh Davis Record Service, Kentura uh, Design Builders uh, were on my Xfinity car this weekend at Daytona that makes all this possible. Then you, you look at our partners we had on our cup car for Saturday night. Man, that guy, that was just, just an awesome race. But, you know, Midwest Mobile Tech, uh, my good friend Mark, you know, jumped on board with the State and Flurry uh, Racing Stables. Uh, again, Mark Tate, T-top Manufacturers, just been a big supporter of us this year. And uh, Ticket Smarter, you know, if you need any kind of tickets for a concert or any major uh, sporting events, you know, you can go to TicketSmarter.com and buy your tickets there. But just, just, uh, you know, we really hadn't talked about it, but just all the partners and sponsors that allow us to do what we love to do and take advantage of everything the sport has to offer. You're just so thankful for them. So uh, I don't really ever talk about all our different partners, but man, we got some, we got some great partners, obviously Waterburger, who was, uh, you know, one of our partners on our podcast here, man, I couldn't race without them and uh, be able to go over there twice a day and eat breakfast and eat lunch and then to, to have them on our race car, man, that's just uh Man, I still feel like I'm gonna wake up one day. It was just all a dream, but pretty cool stuff, you know.
0: Oh yeah, Ticket smarter. Uh, right now, I'm uh, I'm online buying tickets to Machine Gun Kelly as we speak. So, oh, awesome, on, uh, man. Awesome, man. so there you have it. Cool, we got to go. Yeah. Got to put the checkered flag out on this episode of Let's Go Racing with David Star. Thanks for joining us, folks. We'll be back here next week for Dominic Aragon, David Star, I'm Tyler Johnson. So long. This has been another edition of Let's Go Racing with David Starr. We'll see you next time.